Alex Greenfield, how are you, sir? I am doing fantastic. How are you doing, guys? We're doing great, man. Welcome back to the show. And, and just so you know, on the line, uh, it's my, myself, Gary, and Chris, who you did not get to talk to last time. So, Chris, say hello to Alex. Hey, Alex. How's it going? It's going really well. I, like, I know what happened. You didn't know that I was coming in today. You thought you were going to dodge me again. But no, we got you this time. <laughs> <laughs> Chris was actually selected uh, as part of a co-host search, Alex. We did, over the summer, we had like a three to four week, uh, you know, gimmick, if you will. Uh, where we were, you know, fielding different uh, co-hosts. They would come on the show. They would audition. And then on the fourth week, we had the big payoff, you know, the big, like, celebrity apprentice. You're fired, you know. We, then we bring somebody on, and Chris was the unfortunate sucker who stuck with me now. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say, so you drew the short straw is what, what, what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, the really short straw. <laughs> but you know what, Alex? It's it's great to have you back. We We had you on back in February. We were talking... Royal Rumble, WrestleMania time. You know, Alex, I'm so thrilled right now with, with all that's going on in the company. I mean, you have an exciting... Oh, damn it. Yeah, and, and Gary, you're always so positive, and I feel terrible coming on tonight on the night of Survivor <laughs> Series. But go ahead and make your point, and then you're going to get a bunch of feedback about, oh, he's a bitter writer. He's a terrible human being, because I'm so in the opposite space. I'm so unhappy with where it is right now. We should have talked during the summer when I was incredibly excited about everything. I know, Alex. We we have a. You know what I think it is. I'll, I'll just get this out quickly. I think the show kind of has an identity crisis because for three years we were strictly wrestling. We left for three years. We came back, and now we talk about a little bit of everything. So, you know, we we kind of we we kind of really hone in on the wrestling during the big times, and and there's a lot going on right now. I mean, I can't believe you're not excited. Look, Daniel Bryan, hot baby face, on red hot fire. And then just has the 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 uh, the knees cut out from him. And how can you not be happy about that? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know my argument before I make it. I have nothing to interview with you guys about now. I know, and I know. But look, in all seriousness, before we get to Daniel Bryan, because tonight is Survivor Series live on pay per view. Maybe even on the app, we can we can do it twenty minutes on the app. Let alone, but. Uh. This is something I wanted to ask you about because I've had a lot of when I put out you know that you were coming on today and people were hitting me up on Twitter talking about Survivor Series. Everybody's big complaint about Survivor Series is there's no more traditional you know there's not that focus on all traditional Survivor Series matches. So what I wanted to do was ask you when you were with the company, what was the internal logic as far as you know uh, doing all Survivor Series matches or not doing them? You know what was kind of the company's perspective on why they kind of got away from all of that? Um, part of it is uh, uh, the first year I was there, we were doing the uh, the Raw versus SmackDown story, and it was really clicking um, for us at that point. Like the JBL cut this just beautiful promo uh, where when they invaded Raw, and like it was it was. At least internally, I mean, fan reaction may or may not be different. It usually is if I had anything to do with the angle. Right. But it was really fun, and the Survivor Series match mattered. Like, there was sort of an appreciable uh, impetus for it. The second year, um, it, it, the, it's, it's difficult to, to describe. It just... It ceased. To, the The Survivor Series match was sort of, you know, from Vince's perspective, it was god goddamn. You know, the week, two weeks before, I think, <laughs> goddamn, we gotta, we gotta get the, uh, we gotta get a Survivor Series match. It's the Survivor Series, guys. Come on. And we've been pitching them <laughs> for right. weeks and weeks. 
Um, but, uh, but it just became not a priority. And remember, you know, like when, we, and I always preface this when, when, whenever you talk to me, it's, it's 2005, 2006 that I was there. So everything may have changed, Sure. but, um, it, it just, my last time there, the survivor series match just didn't matter very much to Vince. Um, and I, it, Judging from this card, it's sort of we're in that mode right now. And it bums me out because, you know, growing up, I'm 40. So so growing up, Survivor Series was a big deal, and it was like a cool time to see people team up. And, you know, Undertaker was made at Survivor Series. Like, it was, it was an important thing. The Rock. Yeah. Um, um, when he was introduced and everybody just booed him, and you realize, oh, this guy's a heel, and he doesn't know it yet. Um, there's so many important events. And yeah. it, in those Survivor Series matches, you know, rivalries started, rivalries ended. And it just feels like, to me anyway, that the importance of the pay-per-view has, has waned. You know, I... I I think I think last year's did like two hundred five, two hundred ten thousand buys, and I I feel like this is going to do one eighty because Gary and this is where I was like, oh, I'm going on Gary's show and he's so positive all the time. <laughs> I'm just I couldn't tell you um, in the period since the Punk promo where I really just I got super back into wrestling, right. and I I have my ups and downs. But I haven't been less excited about a pay per view in a very, very long time. Well, well, well. Now hold on a second, because you you said I'm always positive. I I over the last couple of uh, months here, I think my opinion has changed just a little bit. I may not be as vocal about it on Twitter all the time, but ah, uh, see, that's that's where I get most of it. Is you're uh, you're because uh, look, and some people are too far in the sort of hater direction. I mean, people's opinions are 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 what they are. Like I, I people bitch about haters. I'm like, even a hater means that you're interested, right? Like, sure. Yeah. Uh, 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 the worst hater in the world who talks every week about how much they hate the show is an audience member. Yeah, they watch every um, week. But but I get tweet I get tweets like that too. Oh, oftentimes that I'm a bitter old writer, but also a, on on occasion, um, you know, people saying you know I'll say something positive about Cena say, and you know I'll get I'll get hate tweets from that about how <laughs> I'm a I'm a mark company or whatever, and that just seems preposterous to me. Yeah. Well, and some, and some people confuse my tweets because other times, you know, uh, there are there are some people as you talk, you know, the extreme haters. There, there's sometimes Alex where I like to get on. I just like to troll them a little bit. It's a little bit of fun just to kind of throw it back at them. They like to troll a little bit. I like to troll back sometimes to the internet fans who I think are maybe uh, unjustly or you know uh, hard on some things. But I've I've myself have been watching this program and i'm just not uh i'm not tuned into it you know I, it's just there's a lot of disconnect with me and one of the things i wanted to ask you about this pay-per-view is do you think that wwe themselves has kind of just thrown up their hands and, and given up on this thing a little bit it kind of has that feel doesn't it and and in fairness that never happened in my experience there even when uh, i wrote the the worst pay-per-view i've heard that there are other contenders uh since my time right. but great american bash 06 was a horrible pay-per-view <laughs> and we knew it going in because we lost two of our main angles to uh uh elevated liver inside <laughs> but um we uh we you know and and freaking 
Mark Henry, a program that we'd been building forever with Batista, you know, we lost to, to a knee injury at Saturday night's main event, like right before. So we knew going in, Vince never gave up. I never gave up. We busted our asses to try and put on the best show we could. Utterly failed in my view. Uh, 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 I think people probably tuned out of wrestling for the rest of their lives after the horrible mess I gave them. But, um, you know, we never gave up. This pay-per-view, it feels like it. Like, it feels... Utterly random, the the Big Show Triple H, well, it should be Big Show Triple H, like everything about it is that, but it's Orton, and I just don't care at all, and it's no personal thing, I, I like both of these guys. Yeah. I just, it feels like they have no chemistry, it feels like Hunter has placed himself uh, at the center of the angle, it's... Um, does it really? It's pretty frustrating, and <laughs> I, I think we might have. No, no, it was before that. But I've talked. I've talked on other shows, and I've certainly talked to friends about how excited I was by the prospect when the Wyatts were airing their videos on the way in right. of Bray and Punk uh, sort of doing the dueling uh, uh, cult leaders. The, the cult of personality is what you could call the angle, right? Right. This is so flat and lame, and I don't understand how. Guys as talented as these three guys, and I'm really coming around on frickin' Harper, too, and his weird yeah, yeah, yeah thing. Like, <laughs> these interesting guys, I'm just befuddled, I guess, at how little interest I have in seeing them seeing them get in the ring. It, it just doesn't do much for me. Well, I was going to say, speaking of little interest, would you have ever booked a 7-on-7 Divas match? A 7-on-7 Survivor Series-style Divas match? It's it's. It, I mean, from a promotional perspective, I understand pushing Total Divas because it's doing really wonderfully for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there at a time, uh, and I mean no disrespect to the talent. I mean, they go out there and bust their ass, uh, whether they're good or not. But I feel like I was there during a really fertile time for the Divas division. Um, I mean, it's no secret. I'm super proud of the work. Uh, I, I contributed to Mickey and Trish, and, you know, Lita was there and just on fire. Like, it was so much I was stronger in a particularly back then. fertile time, but I still wouldn't have put this, you know, Candace, <laughs> and, Candace and think all of that, all of the great women we had there, I wouldn't have put seven on seven. It, it, on, it just seems preposterous. Good Lord. They, it's injuries waiting to happen. <laughs> Oh God, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a, a horrible spot fest. Oh God, that's gonna be a mess. I, I don't I don't like it, Alex. One thing I also don't like, and let, let's I want to get your opinion on this now because we've not talked to you since you know for in forever. Let's get back to the Daniel Bryan thing here because we do have I, I have some email questions and I have some questions in the chat and I want to get to those in a moment. But uh, Daniel Bryan, I got to get your take on you know where you think you know they've cut him out from the from the legs. He's got no no ground to stand on anymore, really. And now that and we hear they're blaming the survive or the uh, SummerSlam buy rate on him. What's your take on this whole thing? It's it's I, it's flashback city for me because I feel like it's exactly what uh, Vince did to us with Ray. You know, during during my run as well, Lagana at first or David David Lagana at first, and then my run as lead writer on uh, SmackDown. You know. Vince going into 22, into WrestleMania 22, was, we were all super excited, A, to get, be done with the 
exploiting Eddie thing. Oh, God. But we to make Ray, make him our champion, make him a giant killer. Like, Vince was, God damn, pal, he's a, he's a, he's gonna, he's gonna change things. Because our Latino demographics were going up, our minority demographics were going up. Like, we were gaining audience when Raw was losing audience. Right. And it was on Ray's back. And then once he got there, well, nobody's going to believe he can beat Mark Henry. Let's have Mark Henry just kill him, and uh, we'll find some kind of Zabadai ending. Goddamn. Um, he just cut Ray out at the legs during that world title run. And it, it was, we've talked about my screaming fights. <laughs> um, many of them were about that, because he just... He couldn't see the little guy beating the big guy. Like, it just didn't work for, for Vince McMahon. And it's super frustrating, and I feel like it's exactly what happened with Daniel Bryan. He saw the popularity just exploding, and then once you get him in that title program, once SummerSlam happens and he beats John freaking Cena, yeah, um, you cut his legs out from under him, you give him the chase, and you never get the payoff, and it's just, it's brutal. And, I, and I've heard, you know, I've gotten into d- discussions with some more positive fans right. on, uh, on the Internet where, <laughs> where, where their attitude is, well, you know, he'll get it eventually or whatever, but it's sort of like there was this, it, it's what I feel about taking the title away from Punk and not making it instead of 434 days whatever, 560, whatever. Right. Um, by letting him keep the title at that, uh, when it was, when Nash caught him fucking losing. <laughs> um, but, but it's like, there's this back off and I feel like you're letting lightning out of the bottle. You, you've lost your impetus and it sucks because, you know, like all internet fans, like I'm yeah. a huge fan of Daniel Bryan and, I really only know his work. I've, I've retroactively looked at some of his Ring of Honor and, and Japanese stuff, but I wasn't terribly familiar with him. And he's just—he's got a really different kind of charisma than some brilliant promo guy or whatever. He's arguably the most talented uh, American worker, right. and he's just—he's a fascinating character. He's a unique look and. They could make money on him, and I feel like they're just leaving it on the table. I find it incredibly frustrating. Well, well, that in, I mean, you know, he, he didn't, you know, after getting screwed over, it was just kind of still smiling Daniel Bryan. He never really, uh, you know, gave a promo uh, saying that he was upset, you know, speaking for his fans. And, you know, from your perspective and, and where you've been, do you think that that was absolutely he was scripted to do that? Or do you think he just doesn't get it? Or what do you think it is? No, no, no. I, that, that that feels scripted to me. And and again, this is where I flash back. There was, we were doing a backstage thing, and I can't even remember who Ray was working with. Right. But uh, it was a serious conflict. I think it was Mark Henry who we sort of did that mini program with him shortly after after Ray won the title. Yeah. Um. And we were doing a promo backstage, and I brought it to Vince. Uh, 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 Stephanie was on maternity leave, so you went right to Vince to get him to approve or disprove. Uh, the segments that you produce backstage. Right. And uh, he was like, God damn it, Alex, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> um, uh, because I had Ray confident that he would find a way to beat Mark Henry. 
and Vince basically rewrote the verbiage that, that I'd worked up with Ray. And instead, it was this really ingratiating promo about how he feels so lucky to be the champion. Oh, and, you know, if he loses tonight, he's just grateful for the opportunity. It just, it, he was burying himself. Yeah. Uh, in the in the promo, and Ray recognized that he was like, "Do I really have to say this?" And you know, it's from it's from the boss. <laughs> like that's that's what you got to do. But I feel like, you know, happy go lucky Daniel Bryan after he's been screwed and screwed and gotten his ass beat every week <laughs> and all of that. It it was that had uh, McMahon fingerprints all over it, and if not McMahon, Hunter, who's you know serves it at Vince's feet at least in a creative sense. Right. Well, Alex, I'm going to go ahead and ask you, uh, you, you mentioned that Vince came in behind you and, and basically rewrote that entire uh, promo. How, did that happen often when you were there? Did, did Vince come in and say, God damn it, I don't like this, I'm going to change it? Uh, uh, that he wrote them himself, it was a relatively rare occurrence. Or, or that, um, that or he didn't like them and sort of dictated a little bit more frequently and a little more frequently than that. There were multiple drafts, and this is leading into the show, not necessarily on the day. There were multiple drafts to get tone exactly right. Vince, though, don't get me, it's not even a control freaky. Well, I, I, with everything with Vince, is a little <laughs> bit control freaky. Of course, but, of course. God uh, damn it. He does understand the voices. I am, as you know, a, uh, I am not uh, against burying Vince for all manner of things, right. but it's never a sort of disingenuous just power play of, you didn't, uh, I don't want you to write this, I want to write it. It's always because he believes what he's saying is the right thing. Okay. That, does that make sense? It's, yeah. it's not just an ego thing. <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's something else and it only happens with guys who need scripted promos like he would never do that with jbl um because jbl and i got to a sort of shorthand where i would say we need to get this this and this across and we have two and a half minutes to do it Mm -hmm. and john would draft himself like he's he's one of those guys it's sort of the best contrast i can come up with is jbl and mark henry are guys who uh, you can shorthand what you need to get the story across, and they can go themselves and and do amazing work. Right. Um, and you just sort of help and sculpt it. Uh, a guy like Kurt Angle, um, all respect to Kurt, it's just the way he works. He's less interested in promos, so he wants a a script like like a motion picture script that I would write that <laughs> wow. that lists every word, and then he delivers it perfectly. He just doesn't like that sort of, of uh, Booker was the same way. He'll deliver a promo brilliantly, but he wants to deliver it. He doesn't want to write it. Sure, sure. Fair enough. Now, um, I got uh, one more here before we get to the listeners' uh, questions, because I know your time is relatively limited today. Uh, John Cena is the world heavyweight champion. How odd was it to you where it was right before, what was it, Hell in the Cell, and they kind of just had Vicky go out on the stage. John Cena is coming back in Hell in the Cell. It was just kind of out of nowhere. I, I, I thought the videos in the weeks leading up, you know, they didn't give them away on free TV. I liked that aspect. I liked that they were kind of showing videos. But what was your take as they kind of just threw him out there and brought him back early? It seemed really strange, right? Like, sure. I'm, I assume there was some level of it was just panic mode. I mean, it it, uh, it it used to happen. Like, I remember we were we were doing our our premiere episode of SmackDown on the CW. We transferred over from UPN, right? And um, 
um, uh, like it was panic mode. And there's there's a long and involved story about how Vince for months was <laughs> saying, or not even for months, for weeks was like, no, our premiere episode is going to be Vito versus Booker for the title. Uh, <laughs> toughest man ever to wear a dress versus the king. And, and it was just bizarre. And we fought him and fought him and fought him. But we never came up with anything. And then on Raw the day before, we taped on Tuesdays. And uh, on Raw, he was said... God, Vito versus Booker, who said that was a good idea? Um, and ended up, we brought John to that premiere show because he brings viewers with him. And it's it's one of the things that, um, you know, I am am one of the people who's Cena sucks, not Let's Go Cena, when, when I'm in the crowd. Sure. Um, but uh, taking away my sort of Mark fan perspective, because I try to watch shows and just have suspension of disbelief and let that happen. Sure. Cena is so goddamn valuable that, uh, that uh, I don't know how you can say a performer is underrated when, um, uh, when he's been the top guy for seven years, yeah. but people undervalue what that man has, has contributed to that company. And, um, yeah, so so we brought in John, and I've totally lost my own thread at this point. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 was the actual question I was supposed to be answering? Well, it, it was just about you know how you thought they the way they brought him back. It was you know there was no build up like hey next week oh, we're gonna yeah. big announcement. It, just, it I feel that that's what all it was 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 it feels like they were in panic mode because. Uh, either ratings were down or pay-per-view was down or, or whatever the specific thing was, and that's why they just rushed him back. Because they brought Battleground sort of on themselves? <laughs> yeah, it just, it, it, it felt like, I don't know, man. It, it's John Cena coming back, but he's only been gone a little while. It feels like, hell, let him heal a little bit longer. Sure. Um, the flip oh, side is, he's, he's, a super, super, I mean, one of his best qualities is, you know, he'd work, it's like the Monty Python and the Holy Grail sketch where they cut the knight's, you know, leg off and arm off, and he's like, it's only a flesh wound. That's the kind of man John Cena is. Uh, uh, I'm not sure that's great for his long-term health, right? but he'll do anything uh, uh, because he's, you know, uh, he's a badass. Maybe, maybe not the badass in a street fight, but but he's a guy who works really, really hard. God, I sound like the biggest Cena Mark in the world tonight. It's wow. You sure do. I'm really curious since I'm just booing the character all the time. You Cena loving um, son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> when did that happen? This but, uh, but it's weird to me that they brought him back the way he, they did because it feels like that leaves money on the table. Yeah. Alberto Del Rio is not a particularly interesting opponent. Like it, it, it just feels awkward to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm. I'm gonna switch gears for a minute because I know. I know there's a few few guys in the chat that are big fans of this, and I know. Let's see. 2005, 2006. It really. It really wasn't. As, I don't think it was as popular. It really wasn't brought up, but uh, they, they uh, WWE uh, re- uh, opened their uh, performance center, and sure. I want to know what your thoughts are on that. And NXT, because I, I uh, I'll take NXT first. Uh, just in in terms of being a television program, you know, I'm a guy who grew up. Uh, I, gr- I grew up in Atlanta, and my experience uh, to wrestling really begins with well, well, Mid South on one hand, huh? 
and uh, the NWA on TBS, and then later WCW. Right, For right. years, that was sort of taped in a studio in a small environment. I love the production of NXT. I love seeing um, the new characters, and you and sort of put both enjoying the stories as they play out and figuring, oh, this guy's going to be a big star. This guy's going to wash out. Like, it's, you know, and, and I'm not going to bury anyone, but it's like right. that's part of the fun guessing game of it. So I really, I really enjoy NXT. And a, a lot, in recent weeks, it has been much more compelling television for me. And I think it's worth, you know, it's on Hulu Plus. Like, I think it's worth, if you haven't checked it out, just check out a couple of weeks of it because I've got, you know, plenty of episodes up. It's a really, uh, I, I think it's a fun television program that beats Raw for me in terms of just Raw creative on a pretty frequent basis. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the Performance Center, I go back and forth. Like, I heard, who was it? Uh, uh, Davey Richards and somebody else were down there doing a week tryout. Uh, right. Eddie Edwards yeah. uh, were doing a week tryout this week, and that pleases me. Because the last thing I heard was some interview where Hunter said, you know, we're only going to have homegrown guys and we're not, we're, we're not going to get these guys from the Indies. And I, I wish I could source the interview, but it, but it came out <laughs> relatively recently. Right. And that was really disturbing to me because it feels to me, and I'm just watching Ring of Honor and occasionally like uh, uh, PWG and a couple of things like that on YouTube when I hear about a good match or whatever. And it feels like a really fertile time in independent wrestling for me right now. It feels like certainly you look at Shimmer and there there are women there. You know, Courtney Rush is the one that comes immediately to mind who need to be in the diva division um, <laughs> because they have unique looks and and it, 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 at any rate, it feels like there's a lot of indie talent out there that would be great on the WWE stage and the two most phenomenal guys of the last three years have been CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, who came out of a very similar world, right? Of course. Um, so I'm happy to hear that, uh, that Richards and Edwards are down there and that they're, they're still open to that. And I, I guess I just, and it's not that I'm some super old school guy, I guess I wish there was more... I guess there is sort of a territory system these days, you know, out there. I, I wish WWE paid more attention to it um, and less attention to grabbing guys out of football or baseball or whatever, you know, uh, uh, collegiate wrestling. Right. Um, just, you know, just looking for, I don't know what they're looking for, athletic ability or whatever. Like, a homegrown system seems to be seems to me to be something that leaves a lot on the table because you're going to get a really homogenous, um, one-dimensional type of talent if they're all working with the same people all the time. Right. Yeah. Uh, now, would you, would you maybe uh, compare, and this may not be a fair comparison or even an accurate one, but uh, the, the old days, I know Gary, Gary and I remember this, the, uh, the power plant in WCW. Oh God! You really gonna bring up the power plant? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, what do you think well, about the power I, plant? I Alex? can say, <laughs> I can say that uh, uh, before I stopped growing at five foot nine and realized that I didn't have an athletic bone in my body right. when I was like you know sixteen, seventeen, and they would have on uh, the ads for the power plant. I was be, I would be like, I'm gonna graduate from high school and I'm gonna go there. Yeah. That's going to be my college experience, and oh I'm going to headline Starcade. That didn't 
fucking happen. <laughs> no, no. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't have any great inside knowledge about uh, how the power plant system worked, except that, uh, who was it, Sergeant Buddy Rogers used to make guys puke doing burpees a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it's tough to say. And the one, the one thing I can say based on everything I've read and heard about the Performance Center uh, the current, the WWE one, right. is they really do, they care about conditioning, they care about, uh, like, it, it, it is a world-class uh, facility, and I never heard that. In fact, I heard sort of the opposite about the power plant, that it was very much uh, sort of, it was run in a way that was sort of mimicking an old-school boxing gym environment, like very down-to-earth. And it sounds like, you know, in Rocky Four, there's Rocky training, you know, in the ice and Drago, uh, you know, uh, uh, training in basically a laboratory. It sounds like the Performance Center is, is more like that. Like it is, it is sort of like, uh, in Boulder, the Olympic, um, uh, training facility. Very good. Now, you know, we, we've been going, we've been going on with this has been a great chat with you. I know we're, we're coming close to the time we agreed on. Do you have maybe five more minutes for some rapid fire email and chat questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know how rapid fire I can, my book okay. but I'll, I'll do my best. Yeah, okay. but yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do five or 10. It's fine. Okay. Very cool. Um, punchy in chat wants to know your thoughts on, he, he, I have to tell you about punchy. He's a real son of a bitch. He's a big mark for Antonio Cesaro. And he wants to know, uh, your thoughts on, you know, do you think uh, they've been using him really poorly and, and uh, you know, your thoughts on him as a whole? Uh, they, uh, using him poorly. I mean, it's, it's an interesting, um, if, if we'd have had this conversation, what, uh, two years ago, uh, he would have been one, Claudio would have been one of the guys on the list of WWE needs to bring this guy in. Sure. Um, Using import like yes, in the sense of I, I do find it frustrating that there's still the sort of old school culture of a guy's got to earn his place, so they give him stupid angles and yodeling for a little while and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, flip side, he is starting like now that they let him do the big swing, um, he's he's starting to get over now. I, I think he's got an incredibly bright future. So I guess my answer is. I, I'd have brought him up faster, like if I if I was you know dictator in chief. Right. Um, but I think ultimately, I, I think ultimately he's going to be a guy who I, he's going to have a good baby face run here for a while. But ultimately, I think his role is going to be he's going to be the guy who loses to the top baby face at WrestleMania, whether it's next year or two years from now. But he's he's the kind of guy who's going to have a really monstrous heel run at some point. Um, and it, I think it's going to be a player for years to come. I'd love to see it. Uh, Matt via email writes, uh, were there any difficult wrestlers that you had to book for anybody that, you know, chronic complainers about what you had for them? Anybody you remember? Bilvon fucking Grenier. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> tell us about him. Oh, it was just, it was dude. It was, it was a challenge every week. He, uh, he expected to be maining, main eventing WrestleMania uh, next week, regardless of what week uh, it was. Um, I mean, he was just—he was a stooge. He would—he would if you didn't give him enough, he would go and bitch to Vince or Stephanie, <laughs> and then they would come back and say, "Why are Talon bitching about you? God damn it! Why aren't you getting him on the show?" He was just—he was—you know—they're good people to work with and bad people to work with, and he was just a pain in the ass every goddamn week. <laughs> 
Good lord. Uh, another, a second question from Matt. He wants to know, was there an angle or a feud that you regret booking? Uh, I mean, we, we, I've talked about this ad nauseum. Uh, if, if I had it the man I am now, and, and I will never feel anything but a little bit of, of being a... Uh, being a fucking coward, um, I should have uh, walked out on the way we exploited uh, Eddie after his death. Yeah, that I, was... like that's. I have very few regrets. Like I wrote bad stories, I wrote good stories, but that, that's sort of a different level. And we did, uh, to our credit, we argued against Vince a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and and from what Vince said, he was like, "Well, no, Eddie would love this." It felt horribly exploitive, and I deeply regret uh, not saying it's me or this angle. I should have. Right. Eddie made me in the business. Eddie Guerrero giving me the tap of this is a good guy is what got me over with JBL, what got me over with all the difficult talent, uh, uh, the quote-unquote difficult talent, because they're actually not. They just see writers pass through all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I owe Eddie a personal debt, and if I had it to do over again, in December, really, when we really started, you know, that soon after his death, when we started using him uh, as sort of a prop for Ray and, and sort of just, and especially when we get to Randy and, and some of the things that Randy, to his credit, also fought against, um, said, about, said about Eddie during the program with Ray leading into WrestleMania, I, I, if I had it to do over again, I'd have walked out. Under, un- understandable, completely understandable. Ted writes... Um, what was, he says, Vince was really big on Bobby Lashley. What did you think of him as a performer? Uh, we saw nothing but upside with, uh, I mean, I, I can tell you right now, like, I, I feel bad that Bobby didn't get over better and look like a lot of us saw a ton in him. Like he was working with Taz every week, mm-hmm. uh, on, on, and, and Michael Hayes on his promo work. I, I, I mean, I can tell you that we with Lashley, um, we saw him as a uh, actually Kennedy, uh, Ken Kennedy, and Lashley, um, yeah. uh, Ken Anderson. Now um, they were the two guys we saw as the future at that point. Crazy as it <laughs> oh, sounds wow. now, in retrospect, but you know we I had long term booking planned out uh, when I left, which was all jettisoned, right. but not all because Ken did win the Royal Rumble. The plan was for, or not the Royal Rumble, my apologies, the money, the, in, the uh, the money in the bank. Yeah. And our, our plan was he was going to cash in at SummerSlam, and then his big program at WrestleMania the subsequent year, it would have been 24, the world title program would have been the next generation guys. It would have been Kennedy and Lashley. Um, that did not happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, final two questions. These are coming from uh, Sylvester. He wants to know, how do you feel... Uh, Dave Lagana's doing over at uh, TNA, and, and do you watch the product? Uh, I, I guess the second question first. I tend to watch um, I, I, TNA only when somebody tells me there's this great thing. I like. I haven't really been keyed in since the build and payoff to the original Angle and Samoa Joe deal. Right. Yeah years ago at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, there have certainly been really good angles. I love what Dave did on uh, Rinka King, which I just thought was so bizarre, the sort of the Indian sub-show they did. Right. Um, I thought it was so bizarre and fun and like Bollywood wrestling. I was super into that, and Dave was the creative mastermind behind that. I just, 
I, I find it difficult to get into TNA. I, like I, I was super into Mickey's evolution into a heel, Mickey James evolution into a heel. Oh yeah, she's but great. um and and sort of the the build of her and then she left and that I sort of dropped away again at that point. But like aces and eights and. Hogan and Bish, like, none of it really resonated with me, so I can't say I watch very often at all. I, 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 I like Dave a lot, and I think he does good work. It's just that TNA, for whatever reason, the mix of talent or, or the type of stories that, that are dictated to tell um, just, just don't grab me. Right. Now, the second question from Sylvester, and this is this is kind of interesting. He says there was recently a job posting for a writer's position in TNA. Do you have any interest in uh, applying for that? He wants to know. Oh, I said this. It's funny. I did an interview with Wade Keller, uh, uh, I think probably shortly before that came out. I don't know. It may have been back in August or whatever. Right. But it, one of the questions that came in uh, uh, from, from, an, from uh, I don't think it was Sylvester, Okay. Uh, one of the call-ins was, uh, what, what would you do at TNA? I, I would absolutely, I mean, I'm not going to apply, <laughs> apply for the job, <laughs> but if I were offered a job at TNA, what I would want uh, more than anything, I think there's the potential, especially looking at Total Divas, to do some really fun, engaging, interesting work in their knockouts division. Yeah. Um, and if you were, to, if, if uh, I guess Dixie Carter were to call me tomorrow and say, Alex, uh, we want to hire you as a writer. I'd say give me 12 minutes per episode with the knockouts and a budget to hire five women from the independent scene, and I will make you an awesome division. Right. Uh, not to sound arrogant, but I really think I could. Well, and, and, given, um, and given your history that's with... That's what uh, I would take. Give, uh, and that's great, Alex. And given your history with authority, are you going to challenge her to a fight then, too, or... Yeah, how's that work? <laughs> uh, uh, Dixie, whoop my ass, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, Team Dixie right here. All right. Boom. Look, Alex, you, you've, been, you've been so great with your time, and I do appreciate you coming back. Here's, here's what I'd like to propose to you before we let you go. Let's, uh, you know, because we're not week-to-week wrestling all the time anymore. Let's let's get you around the big four, man. That's what I, that's what I think. You know, get you Royal Rumbles, WrestleManias. We'd love to have you back if you'd love to speak with us again. I, I'd absolutely love to, and uh, you're about to get your message boards and tweets blown up of people saying, don't bring this guy back. <laughs> well, you know what, Alex? If history shows anything with this program, I don't give a shit what the listeners think. I do what I want. <laughs> I do what I want, God damn it. <laughs> Alex, God damn it. Thank, you, uh, thank you so well, much for your time, a man. lot, and uh, yeah, 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 happy to come back. Thanks. All right, man. Have a good night and enjoy Survivor Series. It's going to be a great show. You know, great main event. It's going to be wonderful. I I will be in a state of mind involving uh, bowls and vodka that uh, that will make me enjoy it one way or the other. Excellent, excellent. Have a great.